0: everyone.
1: Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord everybody and thank you for joining us uh, with this week's or in this week's lesson of the Sunday School for um, the through the Union Gospel Press teaching series and of course you know us by now. I'm I'm Dr. Valerie Simpson and
0: I'm Elder Daniel Simpson
1: and we came to um, discuss this lesson about uh, the the people of God after Jericho. So we all know the story about, you know, Jericho's walls came down. So we're going to talk about what happened after that, which a lot of people probably um, didn't look into because it was such a spectacle of what God did there. So where we are at, we are currently in the book of Judges. So this is a continuation from uh, the last lesson. Um, I do want to say they had peace for 40 years. You're probably going to touch on that. And then all kinds of things start happening for all kinds of reasons, which we're going to discuss. So, if you will, open your Bibles, if you don't have a Sunday school book, to the book of Judges. Again, we're in the book of Judges. This is chapter number three, and we're going to be in verses 15 through 25 and verses 29 through 30. So, all right, God bless you. And with that, I am going to turn it over, the lesson over into the hands of our instructor, Elder Daniel Simpson. God bless you.
0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone. we like to start off with a word of prayer, as usual, because God's been so good to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your tender mercy, Lord. We just, in awe of, in awe of your word, and just... This awesome plan of salvation that you have given to us, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be with us as we teach this lesson and be among us so we can see the clarity of the perfect plan of God. A lot of things are happening in this world, Lord, and we want our foundation to be built on the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word. So we ask that you bless us and bless the teacher as we try to bring this this lesson in, his, in all its clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, so we are in lesson number four. As you stated, Dr. Simpson is Ehud Free Israel.
1: Okay. So that's an odd name. So you have a definition for what his name means. Well, Ehud
0: means to unite mm-hmm. and to strengthen um, unity, if you will. Okay. And um, this is what he's going to do with the grace that God has given him. Right. You know. So.
1: And so, so again, I don't know if you were going to talk about this, but, you know, where we're picking up from last week.
0: Um, last week we was in Joshua, I think it was.
1: Yeah, we were in Joshua, and so last week the wall yes. had fallen, and as I was saying in the intro, the most most people can tell you that story. is one of those popular stories in the Bible, but a lot of people don't know exactly what happened. Okay, well, the walls are down. Now what? And so uh, they actually had a period of peace. So they had gone through a lot of uh, distress, you know, crossing over Jordan, knowing that they were getting ready to enter into this uh, this territory and that they were going to have wars and so forth. But um, they had to do all exactly what God said. The whole marching around the wall, the six days, and then the seventh day seven times, and everything had to happen the way that it did, and so God showed them things, but now um, things have changed. So just to give a little context, they also had 40 years of peace, or was it? Yep, they had 40 years of peace between the fall of the uh, wall of Jericho and to this lesson, so when you get to this lesson, you'll find that Israel kind of loses their their morals and their commitment. So I don't know if you were going to bring that up, but um, certainly that's a that's a huge point. And the reason I say it's a big point is because you know God has uh, his uh, expectations of us, and then we can expect God to keep His word. And one thing that He said. And his word is that, you know, the wicked in every nation um, that forgets God is turned into hell. That's Psalms 9 and 17. Yeah, and that he's angry with the wicked every day. So people say, oh, my gosh, you're going to blame this on a loving God. Well, let's look at the lesson and see what the Bible says. Yes. All
0: right. Well, we know the theme of Judges is this. It's this. It's the children of Israel. Did evil again in the sight of the Lord.
1: So repeatedly, this is the theme throughout the book Judges. of Judges. You're gonna see a cycle and a pattern of the people of God. And we're this this lesson is gonna begin that cycle that they go through. And, and and if you look at it objectively, you'll find out that this is pretty common and typical of people today, so it can be applied, I would think, to even our lives today.
0: It just what the scripture said. It says, um, there rose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Right. So, and in this, with the children of Israel, it seemed like one generation would, would you know, serve God, mm. and then once those elders go off the scene... yeah. The next generation would come up, and they would forget God.
1: You know, there's so much interest in that point because you know you would. It's a que- it's, there's a question. There's at least I would say two generations here, right? Because forty years that's at least a generation and a half to two generations. So was it the generation of those that came in that fell off and started doing these things, or was? the younger ones that were coming in, or just the whole nation, you know, as a whole. So, you know, good point.
0: Well, the scripture says when Joshua and those elders passed off the scene, they died. Mm -hmm. Then that's when the children of Israel started... Like the scripture said, every man did that which was right in his own eyes.
1: Absolutely. So they just began to, you know, do as they please, and this is what happens a lot of times when you get when you reach an age or a status where who do I have to answer to, or who's going to challenge me? I'm grown, or you know, I have clout, I have you know, charisma. Represent. I'm represented very well by. Various people. So the other ones have fallen asleep. The others that have uh, that were before us, that knew the way, have gone on to be with the Lord. And then those that are in place now, look what's going on. Look what the nation turns into. Yes. Now were you going to talk about that? What where, where that? What their status was? And go
0: okay, so I'm
1: asking. So
0: yes. okay. So judges means this. Judges are men and women whom God has empowered. Um, and they fought against Israel's oppressors and delivered the people. God always rise up a judge.
1: God bless you, Bishop Mwape, all the way from Zambia. We love you. Yes, absolutely. Um, um you were saying that judges. So the book of Judges, this is, you know, this is the stage of um history as God is walking with the people of God in this particular stage, um, they were in a position where they were not under, um, they didn't have their own Kings yet. They didn't have their own, uh, um, you know, army and all of that. They had, you know, the people, but they were elite. They were being ruled over by judges. And he's going to tell us why. So that's what the book of Judges is about. It's a series of individuals that are going to have governance over the people of God. So we are going, are we going into the lesson right now? All right. So, um, now did you want, you're going to talk about that idolatry. All right. So just jumping right into the lesson, but we're going to have to cover some other ground. It says, but when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Yes.
0: Okay. So, let's th- this, um, this kind of set this up, Dr. Simpson. Okay. Because it says this. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Right, right. So, So, yes. So they cried
1: to the Lord. Yes. Because they were in trouble.
0: Yes. So if you go to verse 12. Okay. Of, of chapter, the, three. chapter
1: 3. Okay. All right, chapter 3, verse 12.
0: 12 and
1: 13. 12 and 13 says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight
0: of the Lord. So... And here's the evil. Okay. In verse 7, this is what the children of Israel did.
1: Okay, so the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. So the groves were the places where... They would set up these idols, and they'd go in, and it would kind of be like a sanctuary type of a, a setting for worship to this particular idol. So
0: Balacl was, Balaam.
1: Balaam was a was one of the uh, male, idols. Yes, he was a male fraternity idol. Okay, he was a male fratern um um fertility. Fertility, yes. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a fraternity. <laughs> okay, but he was a, a male uh, fraternity. Um, now you're messing me yes, up. Yes. So he was fertility, uh fertility uh, idol, so that was and what the they groves, worshipped him for. And in the groves,
0: you had female one. What's her name? Astra?
1: Yeah, Astra. 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 Yeah. And, and it, she
0: was a female deity. She was a female deity. And
1: if you that look, they worshiped. Yeah. They can, and Tumas, was, and there was a lot of them that yes. they worshipped in the grove you look in the book of um
0: and this became a snare unto them.
1: Well, so here's the situation. Now, they've gotten into the walls have fallen down so they've conquered it. They've killed everybody. And so, except for Rahab and her family. And so, now they're in there. They have Jericho inhabited. Um they had it for themselves the land was given to them and the walls were down. So, it was still the first city on the other side of the Jordan, right? So when they got to this particular um, uh, uh, stage, they had turned, in this 40 years of peace, they had turned and began to worship idols. So now they've got images and idols set up. And that was one of the, the, the last things that God told them before they came out of Israel. If you go to the fourth It's either, I think it's eight and four of Deuteronomy. He says, when I deliver you, don't forget me and don't worship any others but me. He's saying, I'm going to give you a land and and he did it. And exactly what he told them not to do, this is what they found themselves doing after these miracles and coming through the wilderness and 40 years of peace, what do they do? They pick up those ways that they learned among those other nations.
0: Well, the scripture says this. This is in the Ten Commandments. He says, um, "I am a jealous God." Right. Matter of fact, he said, "Jealousy is my name,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he said, "I will not pardon. I will visit the sins of, of the children the, to or, the third and, the and fourth father. Yep, up to the third and fourth generation right, right. of them that hate
1: me. Those that hate me.
0: So, so it was a warning right there in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I think it's the third Ten Commandments mm-hmm. that." Um, he had put in there for his people
1: and you know that's a powerful uh, statement because the reason you're worshiping these other gods is because you hate me that's what God is saying you hate me yeah Yeah, that you would even do this. well we don't hate you we just you know no you hate me because I've done so much for you and you've turned and you've given what belongs to me to idol gods which is adultery spiritual adultery and you did it because you hate me so very strongly god is enraged with them so now people say things like oh my god he's a loving god he would never do that and you know but here in this lesson we just read if you back up in that same chapter you're going to find out that the thing that they did was idolatry so um uh, the land is cleared out, right? So I think you said Joshua told them not to rebuild Jericho after yes. they had t- tore it down and burned it down, not to rebuild it. So what did they? They didn't do that. They moved into the interior and lived there, but they set up idols
0: in, in Gilgal.
1: In Gilgal, that's where they went, but they set up idols. So so anyway, now they set these idols up, and God said. You know, it's wicked. You've done evil in my sight. You hate me. And so now this is where the children of Israel find that God has a way of dealing with them. And what was his way? He raises up. Bible says, we just read it here, that he strengthened um, this man or the king of Moab uh, in verse number 17. The king of Moab, Eglon. Well, it says when well, it talks about his character, his physical characteristics, but God raised up a king, uh, a heathen king, by the name of Eglon. Yes, right? so he
0: was the king of Moab. And this is what the scripture says it says uh, in verse um, 12 of the lesson, the Lord strengthened Eglon, the oh. king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in his sight. And in verse 13 of the lesson, says, Dr. Simpson, and gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek um, and went and smote Israel and possessed the city of palm trees. Now, the city of palm trees was Jericho.
1: Okay, that, that was what he called it.
0: And, the, and the, to mean strengthen is, is this. I looked it up. He it enabled says, them, right? Yeah, Empowered he, him. To make them strong to prevail. By mm-hmm. the wisdom of the Lord. So
1: it wasn't, see, and so you, do you see that? How God gave him the wisdom, wisdom yeah, and right. the strength and the ability to beat it? Because other than that, if God hadn't helped him, he wouldn't have done before. it. So God empowered him and used him and helped allies, him. Yes. Absolutely. In, in order for them to carry out what his will was, and that was to bring judgment on them. Okay. So now that was in verse number uh, 12. So in chapter number 13, the lesson, I'm sorry, three, the lesson starts in the book at verse number 15. So you would have to back up to verse number seven, actually. All right. So now we're in verse 16. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Now, the people of God have been suffering, right? They were yes, they suffering. The Lord. Oh, they were so oppressed. And so, you know, they did evil. And that's why this man was raised up to and and given wisdom and strength and enablement to fight them and to overthrow them. But they got tired. They were overwhelmed. And when they couldn't take it anymore, what do they do? They cried unto God. And this is why the book of Judges is
0: called the... What did you say the theme was? The theme was... uh theme was and the children of israel did evil again in the side sight of the, of the lord so that that theme God. is
1: that they're going to continually do yes. evil so here is a case where they did evil by worshiping and then yes, this is the of second
0: of judge in the book of judges
1: in the book of judges what chapter what what chapter and verse is
0: First. The well, lesson. he's the second judge
1: e-hud. oh ehud okay ehud. ehud is the second judge okay all right, so that's that kind of covers all of that. So now uh, they cried unto the Lord. They couldn't take it anymore. So God now says, okay, okay, I hear you. I'm going to help you. All right, so then uh, it says that God raised up this man by the name of Ehud to be a judge. Now he's using them as judges. That's who's reigning over them and bringing about deliverance. This is his
0: method. So verse 16. Mm-hmm. Then Ehud made a dagger, which had two edges mm-hmm. of a cubit length. And I think they said a cubit is
1: about a foot. Mm-hmm. 18 inches long. Okay, so a foot and a half. That's mm-hmm. long, considering what's getting ready to happen.
0: And he did girdle it under his raiment upon his right thigh.
1: He girded it under, so he closed it, he hid it on his right thigh, just like a person would, <laughs> strap a gun on their hip when well, he strapped this knife or this dagger, this... Foot and a half long dagger onto the inside of his thigh, and remember he was left-handed, so his right hand um, on his right leg, he would be able to reach in with his left hand and get it. But it was concealed; he had a con- concealed weapon. All right, all right. So then, um, when he when he uh, goes in, he says, and he brought a present. So what was his present? Tell them about this present that he was bringing to them.
0: Well. Um... Ehu was chosen to take the annual tribute to this Moab king. Okay. And as we go through the lesson, we'll see that he, t- he brought a present, but he didn't present the present to the king until later on in this lesson.
1: Okay, so that he was anticipating it because yes, this was this kind of like a summer pavilion yes. and that's what he was there for. He wasn't there because you know, he was living there, or that was his palace. He just came through there because, remember, it was torn down. And um, they just had this pavilion. He would come there, collect the gifts and the money and the taxes and whatever they gave, the tributes, and gave it to him. And then he'd go on about his business.
0: So it says in verse 17, And Eglon was a very fat man.
1: Okay. So now it's gonna. It says he was very fat, and he has to make that point because remember, this dagger is eighteen inches long. Eighteen inches. One one commentary said a foot. Even if it was a foot, it's a lot. But eighteen inches is even more uh, a statement of what's going to happen here. So, in verse number seventeen, he brought the present unto Eglon. Eglon was very fat man, and when he had made an end of the offering. Uh, and in to offer uh, he sent away the people that bear the present so yes. the ones that had it he hadn't given it to
0: them yet so I looked it up the present they said it was an annual tribute
1: annual tribute
0: that they would bring to this king every year okay to the city of palms
1: okay so Jericho. now Jericho is called the city of palms yes so every year this fat man would come it's and king. King. but king? I but king. this king. you're right so every year, this king would come. But it, it seems to me that he didn't just rule over them. There, there's For what's getting ready to happen, there must have been a hatred because he must have been some kind of a mean, cruel, vicious, tyrant type of a king that was ruling over them. I don't think God would have punished them with somebody that was going to be nice and kind and, you know, make life easy. And remember, he strengthened them. God strengthened This king, whose name is Eglon, he strengthened him and gave him wisdom on how to overthrow and how to rule over and oppress Egypt. I mean, sorry, um, the people of Israel. So that's kind of, you know, (laughs) God gave the the enemy wisdom on
0: how to judge his people. So the New Living Translation says this in verse 18. He said, after delivering the payment, Ehu started home with those who had helped him carry the tribute. Okay. So he's gonna start home. Then when he get to Gilgab in verse 19, uh-huh. That's when he's gonna come back to the king of Moab.
1: Okay. Alright, well, so now um Bishop Mwape says bring it on. He's saying bring the yes. word. But um he's uh, God bless you, uh Mims, and God bless you, Mother Wilson. But so what he's had, what they're doing is now he's got to give him this gift. And so, but they had sent him on.
0: They gave, he They delivered the tribute. They
1: delivered the tribute. And so now he he's him, got the gift. And right? those
0: who had helped bring the tribute, he said, he oh, send them home. Go
1: what? Yeah, y'all go ahead. Y'all so go we back. did it. You're
0: good. You can leave now. Yes. You're dismissed. And now he he's gonna go on his own personal assignment.
1: Okay. So now And this is
0: when he's gonna strap his dagger.
1: Well, he he came with it strapped in. He was ready when he got there. Right.
0: No. So he, had, he brought it with him, but he hasn't strapped him on them yet because when we go in unless we're gonna see.
1: Okay, okay. So he so, sends them on. So what he does is just send on. Okay, thank you. We gave him his tribute. You can yeah. go now. All right. And so, after he sends them out then, away,
0: then now he, when he gets to, he gilded, returns. Yes, okay. It says in verse 19.
1: Okay, verse 19 says, but he himself turned again. Yes. From the queries. The
0: queries where the idols was at and the grove oh, image was at. Oh,
1: okay. So he went down that into was the by grove. Gilgal. Uh-huh. And he turned from there and it says that from Gilgal. And what mm-hmm. do you remember what Gilgal means?
0: Gilgal which means roll away. That's Rolled when the children away. of Israel before they conquered
1: Before they Jericho. conquered Jericho.
0: At Gilgal is when they when they circumcised. All the oh okay, men, that's right because they, they had Passover. they
1: were not in covenant relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So that was where they did that cutting and so forth and re, rekindled their relationship and and established their covenant with God before they went in and took it over. But so the, now at Gilgal, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so see so so you can see what this this generation who forgot God, they set up bell worship in abstract worship at Kilcats
1: so here's the thing you know everybody stops with that story and I'm not saying this because I'm older I'm just saying because listen to what you're saying when you get ready to say something well he didn't even he let the other ones die the bible says their carcasses fell in the wilderness right so and they'll say that well the older ones didn't get in He, he let the younger ones get in well what did they do when they got in, when they got in, they well, started, they had the peace. But then you end up with all this idol worship.
0: Yeah, because remember, when Joshua and those mm-hmm. elders died off the scene, mm-hmm. this is another generation yeah, now. That's,
1: that's the thing right there. It's like another mindset. Now, Joshua, very, 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 I mean.
0: Well, when you read the last chapter of Joshua, he counseled the next generation, and he gives them a warning to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve we're the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Yes. So he's counseling them before he go off the scene. And then the scripture says, when Joshua and those elders pass away, then Israel. So this is a whole new generation. The other ones, which a whole other generation.
1: Ones, a whole yeah. generation is now in charge. In charge. Just they... like Moses had to counsel that generation. Yes. To do what God has said. You can read that in the 33rd and 34th chapter of Deuteronomy.
0: That's why we got to tell our children, as we get older, love the Lord with your whole heart. Yeah. Don't don't serve Him with carnality. All the carnality in the church, we got to get it out of there.
1: But, you know, he says that in this way. He says, turn not from it to the left nor to the right. right. Don't, you know, stray off. Don't wander off. Don't get off course. Stay on the path. Uh, you know that, that um, path that he has chosen that right. straight, that narrow way he wanted them but they did not do it so remember that and, and know that that generation failed, that generation failed because their, their
0: elders were gone well you know we had a, a, a meeting uh, fresh anointing oil and oh my god those was sister so priest, the, the prophets mm-hmm. preached that and uh, mm-hmm. warned them against a leading church the plumb line.
1: Plum line was it was aligned uh, with gravity by gra- the gravitational pull to make sure that you knew it was straight so it was no error there because yes. it was gravity and uh, the danger was the topic the danger of the church. leaning church you know so you can't go and lean because eventually you're going to fall oh, it was just powerful you just need yes. to go and uh, look up that uh, uh, prophetess Yes. Barbara Calloway, powerful in fresh anointing, and um, yes. it was a message to the body, the entire body of Christ worldwide today. Yes.
0: yes, and this Sunday school lesson is a good one because this generation that's crying out for help—they mm-hmm. did stray and they got caught up into idolatry. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's why this is. That's why all of this is happening. So he says in verse. Uh, 19, he himself turned again from the query. So now he goes down by the idols, down by the grove and all of that, um, which is Gilgad. And then he comes and tells King Eglon that they just gave the present to. He
0: said, I have a secret errand from the old king. Mm-hmm. Who said, Looking for a mystery. Yes. Keep silent. And all that stood by him went out from him. So we, you know, people are. Just, so so this, people are compelled by mystery. Yeah, so and, he, he's saying that who just came from the groves, from the quarry. Yeah, and so he's thinking he got, he because he was a yeah. heathen
1: anyway. So it's like, oh, okay, you got something. Shh, you know, people love the mysterious, and um, you know, something that uh, it's intriguing. You know, people are stimulated by that, and so of course, it worked for him. And so he does the same and he said it says here in 19 when he said I have a secret for you, O king, and he said silence. So now when he said that and all that stood by him went out when he said silence, that was their cue, leave us leave alone you. because it's a secret. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you have to be careful the whispering and you know the things that you'll know, and you'll be given, and opportunities, because it 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 just goes into a very terrible. Um, it just doesn't end well. So Ehud in in, in twenty came unto him. And he was sitting in a summer parlor. So this was kind of like a pavilion. And, you know, remember it said that that King Eglum was a very fat man. And he was sitting in the summer parlor.
0: Well, we also got to remember mm-hmm. um, the king of Moab, this was not his... Uh, the city of Palms was not the capital of, of Moab. He right. just traveled there to get his annual... Tribute. That
1: wasn't even his place of yes. residence. He just because he, he was oppressing them and because he was just coming give me money, give me gold, silver, gifts, all that kind of give me my tributes.
0: tributes and then he yeah. was going back to the land. And then he go back more, to where he land.
1: lived, right? Yes. So he was going to go back, but he hears oh you got a secret for me. Okay, so then he's so, going to yes. you know, he's intrigued. And, he got and so a
0: summer parlor, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. In in summer parlor, All right, so then um, he himself, and Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee, and he arose out of his seat. So now Ehud stands up, I have a message from God.
0: And Eglon stands up.
1: And so, oh, and so, oh, when he says that Eglon, the king stands up, you know, in anticipation of this message. And so verse 21 says, and he who had put forth his hand... Left hand. His left hand, because he was left-handed. I don't know if there's any significance there.
0: Well, I mean, most of the Benjaminites, because he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was Benjamin. from the tribe of Benjamin. Most of those was, uh, they said, it was even-handed. And, and, oh, by
1: ambidextrous, ambidextrous when they can yes. go, okay, but he was just straight e. e. I didn't know that.
0: Yes, so that's just... A side
1: but that's that's okay. That's mm-hmm. that's good information, because a lot of people can... They try to be ambidextrous, but, you know... They give up usually. All right, so anyway, he reaches his left hand into his right thigh and he pulls out the dagger and it says, and the half also, he thrusts it into the belly of Eglin. Now Eglin is so big that he didn't just, you know, usually if you stab a person, it'll stop at the hilt, which is, you know, the handle where the handle starts. But he was so big that he thrust it in and it went in and it said the health went in too. So all of this soft tissue, the fat and everything, his hand and arm went in there as well. And there was so much fat that it's, the Bible says it closed up. So it closed up, then now his hand and everything is inside of this man, this foot and a half long dagger and his hand is in there not even on it so he had to pull his hand out and so this is a huge man and so what he says in verse number 22 and the half went in after the blade and the fat closed on the blade and he could not withdraw which means he couldn't find it so i was telling this to the class you know and it seems pretty amazing that someone could be so big and that you know There are stories in the Bible that some of the details can kind of floor you all by themselves. That his hand itself couldn't even find the dagger. So if he wanted to take it back with him, it wasn't something that he was able to do. And, you know, he had to get out of there, actually.
0: And dirt came out.
1: So the dirt that came out. So everybody talks about that dirt that came out. And we know that in that abdominal areas where, you know, your organs are really your large and your small intestines, your stomach and all of that. And so after it has been um, digested um, and all of the little stomach acids and all of that, you know, it, it it has an odor to it. So, and it looks different, you know, so now it's coming out in the form of dirt. So. You can say a lot of things medically as far as how long he had and how much he ate and et cetera, what he ate, but um, you had another point there about that.
0: Some people said, some t- the translation said it was um, his bodily fluids came out instead of saying dirt.
1: Okay, okay. So people do have, you know, they have their different views. Now, Ehud went through, it says he went forth, through the porch. So now, after he does this deed, which was to deliver and to free the people of Israel, and he has spoke to this man in such a way that he trusted him because he had a message, or he had a secret for him, and he left out. And then when after the people left out, and they're alone in the parlor, I have a message from God. Eglin stands up, and that's when he thrusts it in. So now you know, they, out, outside of the parlor were his men that could have killed Ehud because he was in there by himself with the king. Yes. So he escaped. So if you look at verse number 23, it says that he escapes, he goes through the porch, he shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. So now when uh, it's been a while and they were in there in the parlor, but the doors were locked, So if they're going to try the door, but if the king has the door locked, then they're going to honor and respect that privacy. I don't know what they were thinking, but they gave it some time. And then when it came, it got to the point where it was too much time. That's when his man went and unlocked the door and went in and found him dead. Okay. So 24. So 24 says this. It says when he was gone out, his servants came. And when they saw that saw the doors of the parlor were locked they said surely he covered his feet in the summer chamber did you look up cover his feet
0: yes he was sleeping or using the restroom okay Either or which one you want to use I, I say that he was he was um he probably was sleeping they thought he was sleeping but when they smelt the odor and where does it say that
1: at about the odor is that another verse or another... Um...
0: Yes, That's another, another verse. Robert, yes. Do you have it? No, it's not a verse.
1: Oh. All right. So anyway, there's other scriptures in there about covering the feet. And so this, these, this is what they were surmising as yes, the his reason why.
0: The servants.
1: Were surmising this was the reason why. I think, so they after they had waited, and they continued to wait. And after they had waited a long time, perhaps if they hadn't waited so long, it wouldn't have been this outcome. Well, I don't know. They thrust it in. It got lost in there. He was pretty much damaged and destroyed, in, in uh, you know, um, inside, internally. And they tarried till there were, until they were ashamed. You know, what were they thinking? There's a lot to that. We're not touching it. I could say a lot because I've heard a lot, taught, and then there's a lot of speculation, but that's what it is. It's speculation. And they tarried there until they were ashamed. And behold... He opened the door of the parlor, and there, and therefore they took a key and opened them, and behold, their Lord was fallen dead to the earth. So now they find him dead. Ehud had slipped out, but um, even though he had slipped out, he still had work to do. So it says here in verse number 29, they slew of Moab, Okay, twenty-eight. It's for twenty-eight B. Okay, so let me go into the to the book, to the book, because it's not in the lesson. Twenty-eight B, and they went down after him and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab and suffered not a man to pass over it.
0: Yes, a New Living Translation says this: the Israel took control of the shallow crossing of the Jordan River across from Moab. Okay, and that's very important because. The army that's with King um, Eglon yeah. in in Jericho, mm-hmm. they're going to flee and try to get back into the land of Moab. But Ehud and Israel they stop gonna, them from you know, even getting back. So control the yeah, so they can't get back. This army can't get back and get reinforced when they get help. So
1: and that was probably part of what he told them when he went to send them away, and he went down to. Uh,
0: Gil-gag.
1: Yeah, when he went down to Gilgal and let them know, this is the plan, block it off, don't let them get by. And see, he was fierce. So you had to be courageous, just like Moses had to be, you know, steadfast, and Joshua had to be strong and very courageous. One thing about these as well is that they had to be courageous. So, because a lot of things are going to happen. Now, if you go through the book of Judges, you're going to find there were... Many of them that didn't survive months. I mean, you know, there was all kinds of wars, all kinds of things that happened. And so, but this particular judge, Ehud, had went out and there were, they said these men were, were brawny and lusty, meaning they were, you know, buff. And he went out and destroyed all of them. He says in 29, And they slew of Moab at that time about 10,000 men. Now, I don't know how many were with the Israelites. And now all the wisdom and the enablement that God had given Eglon to rule over them, to overthrow them. Now, God is on the side of Israel because he's raised up a deliverer. And he is on the side of Israel again to grant their petition where they had cried help in this cycle, which is the theme of the book of Judges. They did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and this was a cycle.
0: As you can see with this 10,000 men Mm. that they traveled with the king Mm -hmm. to get this tribute annually from Israel.
1: So it must have been pretty significant.
0: Yeah, this was a big tribute that they had And so that was
1: enough to make them mad and this man
0: was Putting demands on them, right? It's yes.
1: putting so a lot of demands. So that's
0: why they cried out to the Lord, and He sent them a deliverer.
1: And I think um, uh, another thing that what what was it when after um, after um, the king had died, Solomon had died, then you had um, the two the two the split of the kingdom, and the 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 council of the older men, you know, was to use wisdom, but the counsel of their generation, the younger man, was, hey, your father scorched them with his finger. He said, but you go and scorch them with scorpions. In other words, be even more fierce and harsh and rough. Be a tyrant. And it seems that this man was a tyrant. If he had to bring 10,000 men to collect this tribute and to protect him on this journey, then he was oppressing them pretty bad. So he had was putting an end to something that the people of God just couldn't take anymore. So verse twenty nine says, "And they slew of Moab, Moab. at that time about ten thousand men, all lusty, like they were buff." And mm-hmm.
0: I looked up "lusty" and said they was fat.
1: Uh, <laughs> so I'm rich, sorry.
0: Richer food. It was, and we know they was. Why men. did he bring them? Because they was men of value, valor, so they was they in were his fat. army. Yeah, they was that was his army. Okay. That were men of so value. they were
1: living good. They were living good off of Israel and whoever else they were but I think they also they came into Confederacy with the Ammonites and the Amorites. Yes. Now were the Amorites the first nation to oppress the children of Israel when they came out? Or was that the Ammonites? That's
0: the same one.
1: Okay. So they came when they first came out of Egypt and they were oppressing. So this has been a long time enemy. So this was something that they needed to do and, you know, kind of give them, um, retribution for what had been done. But he said, and, um, he, all the men, he said, and all men of valor and there escaped not one. So they killed all of them. They killed every last one from the King to the least of them that was going to be carrying back this tribute. So verse number 30 says "Mo So Moab, it was subdued that day until the hand of Israel, un, under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 40 or four square years. So what is that, 80? That's 80 years, yes. So now they had 40 years, they had enough time to have peace, and then they got, you know, messed up and got involved into idolatry, and then God had to come down on them and judge them, and God had to punish them. He had to raise up and deliver, and so this is kind of where, um, um, when the Bible says the wicked in every nation that forgets God is turned into hell, this is a prime example. We can't deny this, and so He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So sometimes He may use your adversaries, or He may raise up an adversary and empower them. You know, He empowered Nebuchadnezzar, right? He gave him power. So he's empowered Eglon, this king, and tells him to go down there and judge my people. Because he's going to destroy them because he was a wicked man anyway. He was capable of doing wicked and he wasn't, you know, he was just going to, God was going to get some glory out of his wickedness and use him. And so, you know, when we um, find ourselves in situations, there is a good possibility that because of what we have done, where we have been, we may want to consider have we brought this upon ourselves and don't go with the feel-good theory that no god's going to deliver us and bless us we're saved saved. you can't do everything
0: well this is we all know that that god uh he's the perfect judge yes you know he alone is capable of perfectly judging the wicked yes and delivering the righteous right this is god this is what isaiah says go to isaiah chapter 11 no,
1: Isaiah chapter 11 is where I'm living right now. That is my address. This is how the
0: Lord will judge all mankind and the world.
1: Okay, exactly. so what verse?
0: Verse 2
1: through 5. What? This is the seven spirits. Of, okay.
0: Yeah, this is your favorite one. But, this, but he's going to use heavy, this, heavy, heavy. This, this, these seven spirits.
1: Can I say that? That's right. He's to going to use it. He, and this is how he is also going to get information to the world, power into his church through these seven spirits, which are before the throne of God which uh, are burning lampstands, which represent the seven spirits of God. And he imparts them, and they rest in Jesus. And the same spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in us, quicken our mortal body. Jesus says, as I was in the world, so shall you be in the world. So, uh, Isaiah 11 and two. And the spirit of the Lord. So these are the seven spirits, all right? Number one is the spirit of the Lord. So. That is the Holy Ghost. People say, oh, that's not one. Yeah. You got to have the Holy Ghost and the operations and administration that comes through the Holy Ghost will be <clears throat> and and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's one. Spirit of the Lord. Number two is the Spirit of Wisdom, which we see in many of the uh, patriarchs. We see it in Joseph. We see it in Daniel, the prophet, right? And even the kings that he rose up, they even testified. These men are wise. They have wisdom from God and of understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing with with all you're getting, get understanding. And so we need all this. And so he says, and the spirit of counsel, all right. And so that is a, uh, a very, very necessary part because in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But when you're ex, and I want to say this, when it says the spirit of if you're going to operate in the spirit of it's beyond a principle or beyond a concept, it is actually personified um, to work. You know, the Bible says that in, in, in Proverbs number 8 it says wisdom lifts up her voice in the street she you know so personifies wisdom and but anyway i can't go into all that right now and might is another spirit of the lord and another spirit of the lord is is the spirit of knowledge all right so you'll find that some many of these are intermingled in many of the scriptures together you will find the spirit of wisdom and of understanding in several of them and one of them uh, is is in Ephesians chapter number one, where it talks about wisdom and revelation, knowledge. So it talks about the spirit of knowledge here and the spirit of fear of the Lord. And that's the fear of the Lord is necessary because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The
0: fear is to be in all of him.
1: Yes, the reverence reverence. and respect. Then he begins to impart that supernatural authority and power, like we saw, that he didn't just give to his people, but he gave it to a heathen king by the name of Eglin, here in this lesson.
0: So verse 3 of Isaiah Chapter 11. Verse says, 3. He will mm-hmm. delight in obeying the Lord. He mm-hmm. will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, it says he will be of a quick understanding, too. So um then, and I, again, we don't have time to go into it, but he's not going to judge um, uh, according to verse number 3. He's not going to judge after the side of his eyes. What is that? Mm-hmm. He's not going to judge with respect to persons. This one seems that they could do it. Or I. this one's well favored favorite because of what I see with my eyes. I will use whatever I will use because the power, um, Paul said, it is Christ that working in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he's not going to judge after the sight of his eyes. So people have to be careful that when you're operating like that, you're not operating in the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, fear of the Lord, counsel, might, and, um, and the spirit of the Lord, and, oh, wisdom and understanding. Yeah. Um, okay, and then he says, neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears. So he's not going to be counseled by anybody. So you can collect together with your committees and your councils, but the Bible says everything we need pertaining to life and godliness has already been provided in well, the world. Well, when Christ
0: judges, he's going to look at our heart. Right. He's gonna look at the heart. He's not gonna look at what pe- what people look like, or he's not gonna like say hearsay. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna judge by you give me false information. He's gonna look at that person's heart. He knows. He's gonna judge what's mm-hmm. what's in your heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God, God looks looks at the heart. That's he
0: told Samuel when he
1: said, to and he Jesse. even went as far as to say, you know, it's not according to what you don't have, but what you do have. What do you have? You have a true, sincere. Um, Desire to do what's right. You have a clean heart. You have a desire, a yielded spirit. So, anyway.
0: This is what it says in verse 4 He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. Mm. The earth will shake at the force of His word, and one breath from His mouth will destroy the wicked.
1: You know, Barbara Calloway talked about that, how they were oppressing the poor.
0: Yes, and. Amos.
1: And, and 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 Amos, and, and I think that um, also Bishop Mixon and Bishop Younger also talked about that, the oppression of those that seem to be uh, least favored or less favored because of their financial status. In this scripture, it talks about because of the way you look, because of what other people say. God is a righteous God, so we have to do things God's way. Verse
0: 5 said, the last verse of Isaiah, mm-hmm. he said, He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like a...
1: Yes, and he shall wear righteousness like a girdle. So, you know, the Bible talks about our loins being girded up with truth. It takes truth to live in righteousness. And his truth. His, his truth. truth, yes. not and People say things like, you know, what's your truth? What's my truth? You know, the Bible says it very clearly, thy word is truth. So his truth, and then it says in verse number five, um, and faithfulness will be the girdle of his reign. So what's going to bind his heart is going to be faithfulness. So this is a very, very good lesson. We find out that they messed up, they got blessed, they got comfortable, they messed up. Then they got way out of sorts and start worshiping idols. They knew better than that. And then God said, okay, let me give you, go get this wicked man and he's gonna get strength from me and wisdom from me and I'm gonna empower him. Let them go down there and oppress them. And I think that happened for 18 years. Yes. He was over them for 18 years. And then finally, they couldn't take it anymore. They cried to the Lord, and God delivered them. And after God delivered them, then, uh, you know, they had peace for 80 years. So you have to come back for next week's lesson to see. After these 80 years, they're going to have a peace. He gives you peace. You know, after you have suffered a while, he'll establish, strengthen, and settle, and make you perfect. It may not be because you're suffering for righteousness' sake. You may be suffering for wrong like they were. But afterwards, he established them and gave them peace. So come back next week. And I think in that lesson, um, we're going to be talking about, are we done with the judge? No, another judge, Gideon. This is a very important one. All right, well, listen, we could go on and on, but listen, I want you to come back on Monday. Uh, We are on the seven spirits of God, which we just touched in Isaiah 11. Um, And it's also uh, stemming from what's written in the book of Revelation, chapter uh, chapter number four, verse number five. Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven burning candlesticks before the burning lamps before the throne of God, which are the seven spirits of God, which we just read about. When you envision the throne of God, envision the seven burning candlesticks or seven burning lamps, the spirit of, the seven spirits of God, which are here. What Jesus did, we can do too. What are we doing? Are we using this? Are we even looking into this? Does this is mean anything to us so anyway Monday if you will come back and be blessed and uh, we'll be back next Wednesday we'll say the same with the next week's Sunday school lesson okay and with that Elder God bless you go ahead and pray us out
0: okay now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and, children, and to present you was, before his presence, presence with his glory, glory with, with exceeding glory. joy yes to the, to the only, only wise God our Savior, our Savior. be glory and majesty and dominion and power, b- power both, both now and, now and forever amen amen.
1: In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Blessings. You
0: know you're teaching this Sunday, right? Oh, Emma.
1: Yeah. You want to switch? Uh-uh. Hold on. Hold on.